0: Good morning. You ready to go treasure hunting? That's something I really loved doing uh, when I was a kid is hunting for treasure. I didn't find very much. Hope we're more successful today. Welcome everybody this morning. It's a beautiful day outside and it's great to have everybody together worshiping God. And uh, if you're visiting with us, I know we have a lot of our friends and family here today. I really want to extend a, a special welcome to you. And uh, we hope you'll be back with us often. But uh, we're going to talk today about lost treasure. And uh, I want to see if anybody knows who this fine character is. Handsome gentleman. Anybody know? Blackbeard. Blackbeard. Wow. Some of you are very educated. Well done. This is Blackbeard. And uh, this week... Uh, were some photos were released, and uh, these photos uh, show some of Blackbeard's treasure that's been found just recently. And so people are, th- this is still being found today. Uh, here's some, some of that treasure. I don't know how well you can see it, but on the left there is Blackbeard's sword, uh, discovered off the coast of North Carolina. And uh, also some, uh, re- that's a coin right there with Queen Anne's uh, face on it. Blackbeard's ship was called Queen Anne's Revenge. And uh, next to that is a bowl, a mixing bowl that they would mix uh, medicine and apothecary. And these things are still being found today. In fact, uh, for some people, it is their life's mission. This is what they do for, for their work It's just treasure hunting. Wouldn't that be a fun job? Just getting to discover treasure all the time. And that's a, a very exciting. We're going to look at a scripture about treasure this morning. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. And this will be our theme text for the morning. Talking about treasure. Matthew chapter 13. Bible says here the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. You know, there's two men that this scripture discusses, and their response to finding treasure is very similar. We'll talk about that here today. But the first man's interesting because... He's just kind of going along, he's not really looking for treasure, and he stumbles upon treasure and he finds it. I don't know if you've ever had that experience in your own life where you're just kind of going along and all of a sudden you find something. It could be as simple as finding $20 in your pockets when you forgot it was there, you know what that's like? You know, we we have a little debate in our family because uh, I leave money in my pocket a lot, but my wife does the laundry. So she just assumes that that's her tip, you know, for doing the laundry. And I hear her. She's outside. She says, oh, good. Someone left me a tip. I said, that was my money. Give it back. The scripture says here, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure. Jesus is trying to connect with you and I on, on a really important level because when we think of treasure. We think, man, this is awesome. It's incredible. And Jesus is trying to help you and I to connect with what heaven is going to be like, with what God's kingdom is like today. You know, sometimes we're not really looking for it, but we bump right into it. And sometimes we can even be running away from God and we run smack dab right into his plan for our life. And we hit the kingdom. And what is your response when you find treasure? How do you feel? Growing up, uh, my mom sold antiques. And she did it because uh, she wanted to send uh, my sister and I to private school. But we didn't have the money for it. My dad didn't want to pay for it. And so he said, if you want to, if you want to raise the money, you can send them. So my mom became an expert in dealing antiques. She would buy things at garage sales and she would uh, come back and, and she would resell these things for a lot of money. And so she would come home on, on days really excited about some of the things she would find. And I kind of became an expert in these antiques, even though I didn't really want to be. And she would, she would come home and be really excited. I didn't totally understand at the time that she was excited because it was putting us through school, which was pretty awesome. And there's a show on today. It's called Antiques Roadshow. Anyone ever watch that show? We're going to watch a clip from that right now. Because the man in this show is like the man in the scripture. He's got something that's worth some money. He doesn't even realize it. We're going to watch that now.
1: Before I tell you what I know about this uh, weaving here, you've got a little bit of history. It sounds uh, quite interesting. First, tell me what you know about it. Well, I
2: don't know an awful lot about it, except that uh, it was given by Kit Carson, uh, who I'm sure everybody knows uh, in his history, given to the foster father of my Grandmother,
1: And do you know who made this weaving? Do you know what kind of blanket it is? Uh, it's a, probably a Navajo, but uh, that's about all I know. So you haven't had anybody look at it? Nobody's or? ever looked at it that I'm aware of. Well, Ted, did you notice when you showed this to me that I kind of stopped breathing a little bit? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I'm <laughs> you still having a be, little bit of trouble breathing here, Ted. It took to me, uh, me by surprise
2: because I you know, didn't think much about it, probably a chief's blanket, but...
1: That's exactly what it is, and it's not just a chief's blanket. It's the first type of chief's blankets made. These were made in about 1840 to 1860, and it's called a ute, first phase. A, a ute? A ute, first phase, wearing blanket. A ute, chiefs first blanket. wearing blanket. It was Navajo-made. They were made for ute chiefs, and they were very, very valuable at the time. This is sort of, this is Navajo weaving in its purest form. All of these things that we see later with diamonds and all kinds of different patterns comes much later than this. This is just pure linear design. This is the the, the beginning of Navajo weaving. And not only that, the condition of this is unbelievable, unbelievable. We see these. We've got a little bit of damage over there. We have damage. very interesting thing here. This is is almost like silk. It's made from hand-woven wool, but it's so finely done, it's like silk. It would repel water. And this here is dyed with indigo dyes. It was a very valuable dye at the time. And what's really interesting is right here, we have an old repair that was probably done in the 1860s and it's done with rivaled bayetta, which is in itself a very important thing in Navajo, uh, Navajo weaving. So uh, all involved, it's an extraordinary piece of art. It's extremely rare. It is the most important thing that's come into the roadshow that I've seen. Um, do you have a sense at all of what we're looking at here in terms of value? I haven't a clue. Are, uh, are you a wealthy man, Ted? No. Well, sir, um, I'm, I'm still a little nervous here, I have to tell you. Uh, on a really bad day, this textile would be worth $350,000. On a good day, it's about a half a million dollars. Oh, my God. And you had no I, idea. I have no idea. I'm just laying on the back of a chair. Well, sir, you have a national treasure. Wow. A national treasure. Sheesh. When you walked in with this, I just about died. Congratulations. Gee. Congratulations. I can't believe this. Now, the value of this uh, that I'm giving is is not using the Kit Carson... Provenance Provenance is sometimes very difficult to ascertain. If if we could do research on this and we could prove without a reasonable doubt that Kit Carson did actually own this, um, the value would increase again, Hmm. maybe 20%. I can't believe it.
2: My grandmother, you know, were poor farmers. They didn't... uh, She had... uh, her, Her foster father... Had started some gold mills and and you know discovered gold and everything, but there was no wealth, no wealth in the family at all.
1: <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Gee. Well
2: yeah, I'm I'm amazed. I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I got a blanket just like that at home. (laughs) I don't know if you caught it, but the guy says to him, Sir, you have a national treasure. What have you been doing with this thing? So it's just been sitting over a chair at home. You think he's going to treat that blanket a little different? (laughs) Now, it's funny because. Occasionally, my wife and I watch Antiques Roadshow, and anytime anything worth anything comes up, my wife's in the background going, Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> but imagine if he kept the blanket, he would treat it very differently, don't you? But it's interesting because the man's response I had no idea. I had no idea. You know, many of us today, as we sit in church we have no idea the value of the treasure of the kingdom of heaven we just we don't we don't have any idea how valuable what it's really worth and yet you have an opportunity today from this day forward to have part of the greatest treasure anywhere it's an eternal treasure treasure that will change your life do you know the treasure that could be yours yeah I really appreciated Christine sharing I thought she did an amazing job sharing her life and one of the things she said I don't know if you caught it was I was very religious I went to church for a long time but I didn't really have it straight I didn't really know the Bible I didn't really know what God wanted and a lot of times what happens to us when we're raised in kind of a, a Christian nation or a religious culture is that we don't really know. We know things about it, but we don't really know it. And, and we can become very comfortable with what we do know and be completely oblivious to what we don't know. You know, the, the, the guy in the video, he says that it was handed down from Kit Carson. That's probably why he brought it in. He probably thought that's probably worth something. And the man in the video says, you know, we can't prove that if if, if we can, it's worth exponentially more. But what you have is amazing. Forget about Kit Carson. This thing's incredible. Do you know the treasure that could be yours? And what Satan wants to do to us is he wants to dumb down the kingdom of God. "Ah, That's not that big a deal. That's kind of cool. You know, church is all right. I'll go when I can. But Jesus says, this is a treasure. And look at the man's response in the scripture. It's kind of strange, isn't it? He takes his treasure, he buries it in the ground. And then he goes and he sells everything he has and he buys the ground. Does that seem strange to you? It's it's almost odd, but he's so fired up. He's so excited about the treasure he's found. He just does something crazy. He goes, I'm going to own, I'm going to put it in the ground. I'm going to own the whole thing. I'm going to give it everything I have. What are some of the ways that Satan works? What are some treasure hunt myths in Christianity today? Treasure, it's convenient. Treasure comes by convenience. It's easy. Anytime you hear somebody on television or some religious expert say, you know, it's really, really easy to be a Christian. Or if you want to be saved today, just fill in the blank. You can be pretty confident that what's about to be said has nothing to do with what Jesus actually said. You go on a treasure hunt. It's an adventure. It's exciting. There's, a, there's ups and downs. There's turmoil. There's, a, there's, there's victories. But it doesn't come by convenience. And you can't allow the culture that we live in today, the fast food culture, the, the internet culture, the, you know, I want it now, microwave culture... To define what you think about your relationship with God has nothing to do with that. It it, it doesn't come about that way. So we can't allow our culture to affect our beliefs about what God says. What's another myth? Treasure by association. Well, I grew up in this country, therefore I'm a Christian. Well, I was born into a Christian family. If you knew that guy on the screen he came home and he told you what that blanket is worth. And you go, well, I know you, so it's my blanket too. (laughs) By association, right? We're neighbors. You probably wouldn't be your neighbor very long after, you know, half a million dollars in his pocket. Might get a new residence. Why do we think that God works that way? I was born into this family or I have these beliefs and, and these are myths. You know, God wants you to go on a hunt to find lost treasure. The question is this morning, are you ready to go hunting? Are you ready to go hunting? And the cool thing is, is that God, you know, God's going to meet you halfway. He wants you to go on the hunt. He's fired up for you to go on the hunt. Growing up, my dad, uh, he was a hunter. He liked to hunt pheasant and deer and things like that a lot of people just don't understand that hunting thing with men, especially women. What's exciting about killing an animal? You know, I mean, that's that's the way women think, right? But for men, you with me, men? For men, I didn't hear you, but for the men, yeah, the hunt, the hunt is awesome. You know, you don't just go out and go hunting. You want to go hunt some wild boar? You don't just kind of jump in the car, grab a gun, and go. You got to prepare for the hunt. You better get ready. The hunt's exciting, the hunt's thrilling. See, it's not just going and killing an animal, there, there's, there's a lot that goes on in the hunt. There's the camaraderie of the hunt. When you go out with other men and hunt, that's exciting. There's a lot that goes on on the hunt. There's the conquest, the victory. There's the memories that are made in the hunt. So I just want to help the women out here today, because I think sometimes the men, you know, are kind of seen as, you know, Neanderthals and barbaric, and you don't understand the, the fine intricacies in the hunt. But actually, that's not true, women. You do understand, because you know what the, uh, the logo, the, the slogan, is at Ross? Experience the treasure hunt, sisters. You know what it's like. You know how you feel. You get that tingling inside when it's time to go shopping. And I know you. I know you well. Because even when you, have, you don't have money, you go shopping. You do. And you find that blouse. Man, it looks good on you. But you don't have the money. So you know what you do? No, you don't buy it anyway because you're a disciple. You're not going to do that, right? Instead, what you do is you kind of quickly and quietly go over to the men's section and you stuff that blouse away somewhere where no one else is going to find it. And then you go on another treasure hunt letter and you go try to find that blouse that you hid. Or sometimes you go and you're you're looking around at stuff and you find something in a section that's not supposed to be there. You go, I know, some woman put this here, man. She wants to. And you found it. Can can we relate now, women? Are we on the same page with the hunts? Are you ready to go hunting the hunts thrilling the hunts exciting the hunts amazing you think oh, church is boring or the Bible oh, is archaic or you have no idea what you're talking about. So what Jesus said. He said this is amazing even when you're not looking for it when you see treasure like this it's amazing. You know I want to encourage you this morning if you're visiting with us we have a treasure map. We use the Bible and we have the series that we just started. It's called Faith Principles. I mean, we're just, we're just embarking on it ourselves. But it, it, it's an amazing series of Bible studies that teach you how to find great faith in God. And maybe you think, well, I already kind of have faith. I, 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 would, I would put that thought on hold just for a minute and take some time and sit down and, and do a couple of these faith principle Bible studies. And you will be amazed at the discovery that you find. Let's go back here to the scripture. Look at the second man. Again, kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. You know, here the the man's a little bit different because this guy, he's actually looking for the prize. He's looking for fine pearls. And some of us here today, we are looking. And some of us here today, we've already found the pearl of great price. But how do you view the treasure? Do you really value it the way Jesus wants you to value it? We're going to look at one more clip from Antiques Roadshow. Is that all right? You guys? It's kind of fun to watch these things. And in this case, the woman's actually, she's she's going out. She's looking for something specific. But uh, just wait and see what she finds.
3: Can you tell me a little bit about how you came across this table? I went to a garage sale. How long ago was this? This was about 30 years ago. As we moved into our new house, I needed a diminutive table, and I thought, I think I know the shape and size. And when I saw this out in the yard, I thought, this is a great thing. It was pitch black. It was a moldy mess. And the lady was asking thirty dollars. So, thirty. I said, but I only have twenty-five. I said that's all I have. She said you can you can have it for twenty-five, and I took it. The most. Te- First saw you, my heart started going like this. Feel it? You can feel it right now. <laughs> yes, right. And I did too. Leslie yeah. Leslie looked over and said. Lee, is yes. that what I think it is? And as we got closer, you had this upside down, and yes. we saw and that label. The label. And oh, really? went up to the yes. label oh. and went, and he said, it isn't, is it? And I, I said, it, it is. is. <laughs> and, and, so it's really one of the most exciting moments uh, yeah. I've ever had. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And just oh, here with this. Yes. Yeah. Now, do you have an idea of what it's worth, or have you gotten some idea? Oh, probably twenty thousand. Now I just said That's that. Twenty thousand. Yeah. Well, I think the estimate we're going to give you is is going to top that. Oh yes. Yeah. I, I I think Les and I both feel that this piece in the open marketplace on a, on, a, on a good day would be in the range of about two hundred to two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. Now $200 twenty-five thousand. Now I want to say that recommend. on a very on a very good day, with everything in place, it has the possibility of bringing. Three hundred thousand. I don't want to get your hopes up that much, but two twenty-five isn't bad, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is better than hitting the lottery because money, is Thank just you. money. And this is a beautiful piece.
0: Two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars for that little table right there. I think I've got one like that at home too. You might leave here a rich person today. She bought it for twenty-five dollars. She talked the woman down. It was a moldy mess, she says. You know, the truth is that many of us here today, we found the treasure. But we can take it for granted. And we would get really excited and fired up if we had a little table like that. Someone told us it was worth half a million dollars. $250,000. And we would treat it in an amazing way. We take care of it. In that video, if you watch the whole thing, it's interesting. The man says, you know, what did you do? How did you restore it? And she, you know, taking some turpentine to the table and gotten some of the dirt off. He's like, I'm really glad you didn't do more of that because you would have devalued it. And I can imagine taking it out of there. When she leaves, how's she going to handle it? I mean, I bet she was a little, you know, even who who knows how how the man handled the blanket walking in, just kind of thrown over her shoulder walking in. When you leave, you're putting that thing in a box and making sure it's, you're taking good care of it. Treasure can lose its luster in our eyes over time if we're not careful. I fear for many of us as disciples this, this can happen, and this is how Satan works. Is in your faith, he wants you to lose faith that the kingdom is really worth what God says it is. And so he's working in your life, Satan is, to to, to put situations and circumstances such that it will make that jewel that you saw the first time kind of look foggy. Doesn't shine as much as it used to. Oh, yeah, church, I know, I've been to that church. It's, you know, I've been there for 10 years, 15 years. The challenge for us is to value the kingdom of heaven the way Jesus says we should. And look at what this man does. He finds the the, the pearl that he's been looking for of great value. He goes away and he sells everything he has and he buys it. You know, the response of the two men are the same. They give up everything for the treasure. Is that your response today? You know, even if we've studied the Bible and we've taken the time to make that decision over time, what we can begin to do as disciples is we begin to take back those things that we gave up. Originally, we believed at that time it was worth everything. It was worth great value. But over time, we take things back. You go, what have I taken back? Could be your time. Maybe you've taken back some of your heart. Maybe you don't read your Bible every day or pray every day like you used to. This is how you can see that the, the treasure gets devalued. Over its time, it can lose its luster. You know what else can happen is that treasure, once you find it, it can produce selfishness. I love uh, going on Pirates of the Caribbean, Disneyland. And you get down there and you come up on the first, come around the corner and there's all that treasure. And, and the kids are like, wow. And you see that, that pirate down there, he's, he's dead. He's just skull and bones with all his treasure. Didn't save anyone for anyone else. And we get that way with the kingdom sometimes. We found this great pearl. We found this great treasure. And we're just keeping it all ourselves. God doesn't want us to do that with the treasure. God wants you to spread the wealth. There's plenty for everyone. That's the good news about the treasure of God is there's enough for everybody. You don't have to worry about keeping it for yourself. Treasure needs to be our life's ambition. I watched a documentary. Actually, it was on 60 Minutes, I believe, where they were looking uh, at this guy, and he's like the most famous treasure finder in the world. It's his, it's his life's ambition to find sunken ships and treasure. And so they, they went out on one of his quests, and he was uh, you know, cruising on the Mediterranean Sea at a spot where they thought that the ship had wrecked, and sure enough, they found the wreck. And so they send the, the, the the camera's down there, and, and they're just showing all of this amazing pottery. And they're, they're like, the, the worth of this find is just it's indescribable. And so they're interviewing the man at the end. They say, what is the f-? he's got this laundry list of things he's found. What is your favorite find? Your most favorite one of all? And he goes, I, I don't know if I could pick one. It's so hard. You've got to pick one. What's your favorite one? And he kind of looks at the guy in the camera and he goes, My favorite treasure is the next find. My favorite treasure is the next one. And as soon as I find that, my favorite treasure is going to be the next one. And when I find that, it's going to be the next one. Wouldn't it be amazing if we would have that kind of heart as a son or a daughter of God? Where we say, you know what, my my best, my favorite treasure is, is the way my faith is going to grow this year. Or all the ways I could grow in the fruits of the Spirit this year. Or that next person that I get to meet that becomes a disciple. And then it could happen again. And again. And again. There's so much treasure that God wants us to experience in our relationship with Him. And you know what's cool about treasure is that treasure has layers. You find it at first, and you look at it and it's cool, but then you spend some time and you research it. And you find out more about it, it becomes even more amazing. And this is what can happen sometimes with God is we, we read the Bible, we read through, and we kind of go, oh, I read that already. Now you've got to go back and read it again and again and again. Is this is going to apply to your life tomorrow differently than it does today. You can never reach the depths, the power of the scriptures of God. I want to read you a little bit of a story about pearls. Mike Waters shared this with me, I really appreciate it. Because, again, our culture can affect how we think about a scripture like this. We have to understand, brothers and sisters, that a pearl 2,000 years ago is viewed very differently than a pearl is today. Long Long ago, the pearl was known as the Queen of Gems. And the pearl possesses a history and an allure far beyond what today's wearer may recognize. Throughout much of recorded history, a natural pearl necklace comprised of matched spheres was a treasure of almost incomparable value. In fact, the most expensive jewelry in the world was pearls. Now we see pearls as almost accessories, relatively inexpensive decorations, to accompany the more costly gemstones like diamonds or emeralds. But before the creation of cultured pearls in the early 1900s, natural pearls were so rare and so expensive that they were reserved almost exclusively for nobility and the very rich. A jewelry item that today's working woman might take for granted like a 16-inch strand of maybe 50 pearls often costs between $500 and $5,000 today. But at the height of the Roman Empire, when pearls reached their peak in value, it's written that the Roman general Vitellus financed an entire military campaign just by selling one of his mother's pearl earrings. Pliny, the world's first gemologist writes in his famous natural history that two pearls, just two pearls, 2,000 years ago were worth the equivalent today of $9,300,000. The value of knowing the Bible and knowing the history of the Bible and knowing the context of the scriptures, when Jesus says a merchant looking for a fine pearl to the people of his day, that was the most amazing, exciting find that could happen. And you read the scripture today and you think, oh yeah, I'm, you know, we got a strand of pearls in the bedroom. No big deal. In Jesus' day, this was crazy. The value of something like this. You know, every man or woman that makes a decision that the kingdom of God will be their treasure... They are treasure found. The lost treasure can be found. Lost treasure can be found. And God wants to use every person in this room to discover that treasure for themselves and to help other people to discover that treasure. I want to introduce a couple to you. It's getting baptized tomorrow. They are treasure found. Dennis and Janet, you stand up? There they are right there. Dennis and Janet, Matthias. I don't even know Dennis and Janet that well, but what I love about them, from what I do know, is when they found the kingdom, they've met it, their treasure. You know, these guys were at the Hope Day, bright and early, like one of the first people there. You go, what's happening in the kingdom of God on a Saturday? We're going to the Hope Day, and we're going to serve the community. They were like one of the first people there. And I thought, wow, these guys value the kingdom of God. This is amazing. You guys can sit down. Congratulations. Excited for you. This is gonna to happen tomorrow at the priors, seven thirty. If you need directions, you can talk to Rich or Jeanette. But it's so exciting when treasure's found, isn't it? It caught my attention as I was looking online uh, this week when, when the stuff about Blackbeard came up and they were showing pictures, I thought, wow, this is really cool. But what about when the treasure in God's kingdom is found?
1: There's nothing like it.
0: It's the most exciting, most phenomenal thing. Don't allow the idea that treasure comes by convenience to pollute your mind. Don't allow the idea of treasure by association. That's not what Jesus says at all. Don't take this treasure for granted. Don't allow the treasure to lose its luster. God doesn't want that. We're going to close out with this scripture today. And this is God talking to us this morning. And I hope you'll appreciate it. The desire and the plan that he has for your life. God says, I will give you treasures that are hidden away in dark places. I will give you riches that are stored up in secret places. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I am the God of Israel. I am sending for you by name. I am sending for you by name. You know, If you're visiting with us today, I'm so excited that you're here. It's no accident you're here. If you've been a member of this church for years, it's no accident you're here. God is sending for you by name. He's sending for me by name. He's got amazing things stored up for you. Amazing plans for your life. The treasure of healed family. The treasure of being able to survive in a world of divorce and have a great marriage. What is that worth to you? The treasure of having a confidence that you're going to heaven. You don't have to question it or wonder it or hope. A confident, solid, rock-solid faith. What is that worth? The treasure of being able to raise your children to know God. Teach them about God. You'll be confident that you're going to see them in heaven one day. What is that worth to you, parents? I'm just giving a few out. I mean, there's so much treasure. There's so many good things. And the good news is there's plenty for all of us. It's not limited. It's not going to run out. But my challenge to you, brothers and sisters, today is this. Let us make this world rich. Rich with the treasure of the kingdom of God. Let's help people to know this treasure. Greater worth than gold, the Bible says. It is our faith. And let's grow our faith this year. And let's watch many other people become that treasure that was once lost, but now is found. Let's make the world rich with the treasure of the kingdom of God. Amen. Have a great day.